And welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Catherine Perry, and I'm so excited to be sharing space with you. And I'm really excited to be doing my second dream or a healing episode. So, in these episodes, well, I've only done one, so we're going to continue to see how it goes. But I look, I take a look at the aura of a dream, and especially around the full moon, I always receive. Very, very vivid dreams, which makes it a lot of fun to take a look at. And also, not necessarily easier, but there's a lot more clarity surrounding the dream because I usually look at any dreams through the lens of feeling. However, I'm feeling during a dream gives me the most clear information. And so, I don't know about you, but if you've ever paid, you know, attention to the moon phase and, you know, what's going on up in the sky. I always have the most vivid dreams around the full moon. So this is perfect. So I'm excited to take a look. We have a, they're always beautiful, but a very beautiful aura to look at. And what I'm going to do, rather than focus on the narrative, the story, the third dimensional details of the dream, I'm going to focus on the feeling. And what I find very interesting about that is, you know, we're all human. We all experience the full range of the human emotional spectrum. And again, if you pay attention to your dreams, you know that sometimes the uh, the story of the dream can be a little bit bizarre. And it might not necessarily, sometimes my dreams flow in a linear way and they flow in a way that I understand, you know, just depending on who is showing up and what everybody's doing. You know, there might be some, I call them characters, but they're, they're people I usually know. So depending on the people, or the different symbols, you know, there are different things that mean a lot to me. And that would take forever to explain. You know what I mean? Because different people mean different things, you know, maybe something that they're holding, something that they're bringing to the dream where we are. Sometimes that can require a lot of backstory. And that would take way too long to explain. And that doesn't that doesn't necessarily provide the universal healing, you know, in the same way that just focusing on a feeling does, you know, because we can all, and that's the point of the archetypes, you know, we can all connect through the archetypes. We can all connect, you know, through the different dimensions of the human emotional spectrum. So I am excited to continue to experiment with you. But before we dive in, I just want to take a moment. I do this every single time. We're going to take a couple of deep breaths, take a moment of silence just to you know, set up the space, set up whatever intention you have for today. You know, we have some really, really powerful energies coming through this dream in particular. So if you want to just take a moment, if you need more time, feel free to pause and then we will get started. Okay, let's take a look. So in my dreams, usually when I look at, even if it's like um, a string of seemingly unrelated dreams or if it's just one dream, 
I can look at the dream with a lens that's more focused on it's like a string of emotional data, you know, so sometimes, you know, the emotions change throughout the dream, which is interesting. And that actually there were three key emotions in the first dream or a healing episode that I ever did. So that's one way of looking at it. What's interesting about this one. So this dream that I call that I have, I'll tell you what it's called in a minute. It's actually a recurring dream, but it's not recurring. I have two types of recurring dreams. So there's one where the story, the third dimensional narrative is kind of the same from dream to dream. There might be different people and it might be in two different places, but the overall narrative isn't too different. So that would be, um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely have to do an episode about this one at some point. But you know those dreams in um, when you're like back in school and you like either missed like three months of school or you have like you just forgot to like turn in your homework or turn in an assignment or something weird like that and you're like, how could I have possibly forgotten? Or like for me, a huge theme was I would be gone for three months and then return to school and it was like nothing happened. You know, that one's like that one. I'll definitely do that one at some point. That's not the one today. But that's an example of a dream that I've had for the past like two or three years where depending on what I'm doing in my waking life, the dream will change, but it's recurring. The feeling is consistent, but it's recurring in that the dream itself, the landscape, it changes, but the story is almost, the energy is pretty much the same every single time. And that was actually my gateway into really taking a look at dreams in the first place, because there was one day I noticed about a year or so, a year and a half in, I was like, huh, I've been having this dream for like the past one and a half to two years. You know, it might do me some good to like start paying attention to that. This dream is a little bit different. So I had three dreams in the same night. The stories were similar, but they were with three different people. And I've had similar dreams before with another person. But yeah, let's just stick to three different people. But the feeling was exactly the same. So three different people, we were doing three different things. These people, I believe if I'm like remembering this correctly, they were all in my family. So that is interesting to me that all three people were members of my family, but the the narratives were different, but the feeling was exactly the same. And then as I was, you know, writing about the dream in the morning, I noticed that it was a feeling of frustration that was consistent throughout each of the three dreams. So even though I was doing different things in different dreams and I was with different people, I was extremely, extremely just frustrated, like kind of like frustrated, borderline, you know, just very, very upset, but not angry. Does that make sense? Sometimes describing emotions can be difficult because it's not super black and white. You know, my version of frustration is not the same as yours. So, you know, kind of just like feel into it, you know, whatever feels, you know, right to you. But I would say my best way of describing it would be frustration, just being, you know, kind of like upset, not really myself. And maybe, and this was actually interesting. So at first I thought I was really, really angry in all of these dreams, which is interesting to me to look at because I'm not, 
you know, in this reality, in this space, relational space here, I don't get really upset. I rarely get, you know, super angry. I rarely get really upset. I'm typically pretty good at just, you know, letting things go. I wasn't always that way. That's for sure. That took like some time to figure out. When I was younger, I was pretty bad at letting things go. Now it's a little bit different, you know, because you you grow, you mature, et cetera, et cetera. But that was the that's the key emotion we're going to be looking at today is frustration. And I find that so I found it very interesting, of course, when I knew that I felt frustrated within all of these dreams. The first card in the aura that we're going to look at is the dead end. So I was like, that could not be more appropriate. In fact, there's not there is literally no more perfect card to kind of, you know, start this aura with the dead end. And what's so interesting about the dead end is that it's actually synonymous with life's beginning. It just depends on, you know, how you're interpreting the dead end, how you're relating to the archetype. And if you're in the light or the shadow expression. So I would say the dead end in its lightest expression is synonymous with just like a new beginning. So the dead end as an archetype shows up when, and I think it's very, very powerful that this is coming up in the personal part of the aura, the personal divine feminine part, Um, just because that, that's how I used to read just in general. That's like the part of the aura that I'm most used to paying attention to. And then, you know, I received so many downloads about the shared, the collective and the rebirth parts of the aura. But that card in that position you, you need to pay attention to all of them and how they all connect to each other. But that is extremely powerful that that's the card that came through. Whenever the dead end comes through in any sort of aura reading, it's it's like a blaring message that however you've been conducting your life, however you've been relating, you know, whatever it is, the aura, the intention of the aura reading is, you can't continue in that way anymore. And something needs to change. So you just read, and what's interesting about this card, again, you would see when the first time I saw the dead end, you know, when I was like flipping through the deck, I was like, oh, that looks like an interesting card or one of the more shadowy cards. And I mean, all of these cards, they all have a light and a shadow expression, you know, but the narrative in general, I was like, this is definitely one of those redirection cards, you know, kind of like the underworld, which is actually in this aura too. So this is the card of you've come to a point, there's just, it's like, there's like a sign that says, you know, thou shall not pass or something like that. You know, there's no more moving forward. I, when I imagine this card, I imagine you're kind of like in a cave and you're wandering through the cave, you know, you're moving. I don't even know where you would be going in this cave. I don't know why this is, you know, the visual that came to me. But suddenly, you know, there's like the tunnel you're moving through, the path is just blocked. However, the cave is like infinite, you know, in this kind of weird visual metaphor. So there's a bunch of different caverns and paths all around the side, you know, and it wouldn't make sense for you to turn back and just go the, you know, the way that you came. But you can pick, you know, from all of these, you know, different portals and you can pick. Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to like, that's an interesting thought. All right. So, yeah, you can pick from all of these different portals You can go in any which direction you want, but you can't go forward anymore, you know? So 
it's the dead end as an archetype is it's not forcing you because you can do whatever you want, obviously, but it's basically saying, you know, you've hit a wall. You know, imagine you're walking in the cave. There's just a wall where you thought you would be moving forward. And, you know, you might have been a little bit attached to how you thought, you know, you were going to be maneuvering in this cave. And it's just like, guess what? You know, now you just have to pick something different. And, you know, you have a bunch of different choices here. And that's the beauty of this, like, I don't know, cave thing is that you're not stuck. You know, you can just pick something new and you can pick something unknown to you. So that's why the dead end is also just synonymous with new beginnings. And that's the lightest expression of the card is, you know, understanding that this wall is here right now for whatever reason. And it's just like, it's a redirection energy, you know? You're meant to go just anywhere else. You can pick, you know, the world is still very, very open to you, you know? So let's say in this cave, there's like, you can know, I don't know, there's like three like caverns or I I feel like I'm not using that word right. Tunnels, that's better. There's like three tunnels on either side. So six total, I don't know, math. But you can pick any one that you want is the point. You just can't go the way that you thought you wanted to go, you know? And that can be incredibly frustrating. So that's why I really, really liked, or I just, I felt it immediately like, wow, this is gonna be a very interesting aura to read. Just in that, the feeling whenever, whenever I hit a dead end and whenever this archetype shows up in an aura, I usually am feeling a little bit frustrated and a little bit stuck, you know? So what's a good example? There were two aura readings I did within the past month or so where I was, you know, digging deep into how I could just push myself even deeper, you know, into in my creative and my healing practice. So You know, about a month ago when I was like, hmm, like I really want to explore, you know, my relationship with my spirit babies, the dead end showed up and it didn't show up, you know, in a way to say like, what's interesting about the dead end is it kind of, it showed up in a way to show me this is your new beginning. You know, this is like your opportunity to create something totally new, you know, and I thought that was really, really cool. So whenever I see the dead end and spread, the dead end in a spread. Ooh, I said that kind of fast. Whenever I see the dead end in any aura, it tells me that this, whatever the focus, whatever the intention of the aura is, that's a chance for you to just like begin a new cycle. You know, what's interesting about this though, is that it can't, it, it's like a, it's a new, it's a new cycle and a release sort of thing, you know, at the same time. It's one of those, it holds both of those energies of we're going to have to start something new, but in order to start something new, you have to release whatever you were doing before. So that's why I find it interesting that this dream happened, you know, around a full moon, you know? So for me, you know, to incorporate spirit babies into my creative healing practice, whatever you want to call it, I had to release first you know, whoever it is that I thought I was, whatever it is that I thought I was doing, you know, whatever it is that I was like so attached on like where I wanted to go in order to let that in, you know, that huge release needed to happen first. And then that's, you know, how everything came through. Um, The dead end actually came in through another aura yesterday, you know, when I was playing around with another idea, you know, and by the time that this episode is released, that will likely be published anyway. I don't really know. Sometimes I'm like, when am I going to, you know, publish these episodes? But 
that came up in another aura where I was, you know, again, looking into, so maybe that's what it is too. You know, sometimes when the intention is, you know, how can I lean in and how can I go, you know, even deeper, this card comes in, you know, to tell me that it's essentially time to release something, shake it up, pick a different tunnel in the cave and then maneuver that way until it comes up again. And it says, all right, time to shake it up again. You know, so this is one of those kind of shake it up cards. And until you realize that that's kind of the energy that's underlying the situation, it can be incredibly frustrating. You know, whenever I hit a creative wall, this card shows up just to say, all right, you know, time to kind of move out of, you know, whatever it is that you're used to, you know, whatever it is that you thought you were doing. So that can be, again, incredibly frustrating until you know what's going on. And then so when I saw this card, I was relieved. I was like, all right, frustration. I know what to do here. It just means that it's time to kind of, you know, whatever's so, okay, actually a good example. So the dream, this is how the dream can just like connect to whatever is going on here. This is a really useful link. So again, the, the narratives of the dream, there were three different dreams, three different family members. I was frustrated in all of the dreams. And you know what? I, sometimes I like, can't remember off the top of my head. Whenever I wake up, I record the dream immediately and get all of the details possible. But that's whenever I first wake up. So that could be like 4 a.m., you know, and then I think that's what happened. I like recorded everything, went back to sleep you know, because I'm not ready to get up at like 4 a.m. That's a little bit early for me. Um, So the details are escaping me right now. But and sometimes it's really, really dumb, you know, because dreams just turn out that way. Um, But where was I going with that? Oh, right. Um, How that translates to life. So it might not be that the narrative that this is one of those instances where the narrative of the dream wasn't as important. And I can tell, you know, when it is and when it isn't. I mean, there's a whole new dimension of like things to explore there, you know, with, I guess I could look definitely, you know, at the symbolism and my family members, etc. But the fact that this dream of, and I felt extremely frustrated, the dead end, it's all coming up during a full moon, it lets me know that just during this full moon that there's something that really big that needs to be released. Does that make sense? So it's less about just with the timing and, you know, where we are in the moon cycle. It's a little bit less about what was physically happened, what was physically happening and about the feeling. And that's why we're talking about that today, because, you know, while it's like, I love this dream because it gives a really, really good example with respect to number one, how I can have such a personal dream, you know, so that's really cool. This, I mean, there's without a doubt, you know, this is, you know, me looking at, you know, this happened to me, you know? And so what I find really, really cool about this is I can have this really, really personal intimate dream with like my family and feel it so intensely and so vividly. However, that, you know, those feelings, you know, we all experience, you know, at one point or another together. And then even to take that one step further, that feeling connects to, you know, whatever is going on in the cosmos right now. And so it's applicable to everyone, you know, so I've taken, you know, a very, very personal dream, translated it, translated it to a relatable emotion, 
you know, which makes it even less impersonal because we can all relate at some point and then translated it, you know, take it one step further to this overall larger message of, you know, maybe we've all reached, you know, some sort of collective dead end somewhere. And we all have like a lot of just releasing to do, you know, so that's why at the beginning of every episode, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, it could be, I feel like it's a little bit easier to do during the, uh, the moon aura healings just because, you know, we can all, I don't talk about my specific intention. I just read the aura and then you can kind of take, you know, whatever it is that you want from that. And that's really cool. And then, you know, there are instances with, you know, spirit babies and it or, you know, this kind of or like the dreams, spirit babies and dreams those are a little bit more specific, but the auras are still applicable to everyone. And that's what I find really cool about it. So, again, the uh, the uh, the moon aura healings are a little bit more open ended. But even though I have a specific intention that I'm looking at here it's applicable to everybody in just a very different way, you know? So this tells me a lot about, you know, this full moon in particular. And then we're going to get into, you know, more of the details about it. A lot of full moons, you know, at least in my practice are about releasing, you know, and this is um maybe because it's like a, it's a blue moon. So it's the second full moon in one month. It's something like that. This is definitely for, um, this is definitely around the blue moon. Um, yeah, Halloween's the blue moon. So yeah, 100%, this is the blue moon. So um, it's cool that this is like the second um, full moon of like whatever the moon cycle of the month. I think it's two full moons in a month. Anyway, I'm babbling a little bit, but um, I find it interesting that this full moon seems to contain this huge energy of, you know, not only immense, you know, release and shedding and just, but also in the same vein, creating something new. So let me move on to what we're, what like new paths, you know, we are creating and what it is that we're releasing. So we have, this is the only initiation card here. It's always interesting when an an initiation card shows up, especially around, you know, the newer full moon, we have agape. So we've been in a season of agape, I feel like for like the past month or so. So this card shows up a lot. Um, It's a beautiful card. It is synonymous to unconditional love. So agape, unconditional love, or pure devotion to God, source, you know, love, spirit, creation, the universe, et cetera, et cetera. Insert, or just even yourself, you know? You know, whatever it is that you do or do not believe in, that's what you insert here. And what I love about agape in conjunction with the dead end, it seems that there's just this element of surrender that seems to be coming through. And you know what's interesting about surrender? I really hated that word. Or not hated, because I don't hate, but like um, that word just really bothered me because I would always, I was always so curious. I think it bothered me. Well, I know it bothered me because I just didn't understand it for myself, you know? And that's a big part of my practice is just you know, I can tell you, I can do, you know, so many aura healings. I can, you know, do so many different dream interpretations, you know, blah, blah, blah. What this, you know, oh, that, oh, that's why that's coming through. I was like, huh, that's interesting. Um, 
agape speaks to, you know, whatever messages are out there, you really need to feel them, you know, and you need to, well, for me personally, I'm a huge feeling person. So if you're, if, if you're like gifted with like sight or like um, smell, taste, or, you know, knowing, I also, you know, have a really strong sense of knowing or hearing, you know, that's where this would come in too. Um, but specifically for me, what this points to is I really need to feel something in order to understand it, you know? So in order to really understand, you know, concepts like surrender, like, okay, it's um actually love is a perfect example. So I've definitely said this before, but I can't get enough of it. You know, at some point, you know, before we all fall in love at least once in our lives, you know, hopefully, ho- hope everybody does that. And before, but before, yeah, we fall in love or we love someone that's like not other than like our parents, you know what I mean? Because we all, or like someone in our family, you know, because we all grow like no matter who we grew up with, um, family, adopted family, biological family, doesn't matter, you know, family or just friends, you know, because for me, I have a lot of friends that I consider family, you know, um, So outside of that realm, you know, just with another person, you know, it's if you ask someone, you know, what's love like, they always answer in metaphor because it's something that you can't quite describe with words. And it's a felt experience, you know, or when you know, you know, or when you feel it, you feel it or when you see it, you see it, whatever, you know, you know that for yourself. And so these tricky things kind of like, not tricky, but you know what I mean, you know, uh, very intangible, you know, these intangible things like surrender, love, those are things that like for me personally, I really, really need to feel myself, you know? And so whenever like years and years and years ago, when I was like, what does surrender mean? It was a really like hot topic. Uh, Like at the time, you know, everybody was talking about it. Um, within like spiritual mystical spaces. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, and I didn't really understand it for myself. And what I, what I more needed to understand was I need to feel it for myself. Hearing anybody talk about it does basically nothing for me, you know, or hearing some, like, it's beautiful, you know, to hear, you know, how people describe it and, you know, the stories and the metaphors that they come up with, you know, to try and make the intangible tangible, but for me, I got to feel it for myself or I just don't understand. You know, for me, I got to, you know, that's why, you know, whenever I want to say both of these are like really red. I feel like there's like a hmm. It's a very um I feel like I never talk about the colors. I need to I'm going to release a little bit more about that as time goes on. Um but what was I saying? Um agape, whenever agape shows up, um it I'm not usually, okay, so I'm really, usually really, really orange, you know, and I'll definitely, you know, different colors mean different things to different people. However, they all like, they, if you know anything about the chakra system, they all kind of somewhat align with that in a weird way. So even, even like, no matter, you know, whose interpretations of like, what colors there are. And I know this sounds like very, very general. They all somewhat align with the chakra system. So uh, I'll explain. This is just like a totally different episode. But um, agape for me is a very, very red energy. You know, it grounds me in my body. It's 
agape speaks to, you know, I need to feel love in order to know it, you know, and that's really, really important to me. So I need to feel my way through. And that's probably why, you know, I explain dreams, you know, in terms of feeling, because that's the best way that I can explain it. It's a very, very grounded energy for me. And it's very important for somebody who's, you know, really not grounded whatsoever, um, like ever. But agape in turn, you know, in connection to the dead end, I really love it because agape is agape as unconditional love. It's not like it's not really it's not romantic love at all. It's it's love, but more like acceptance, you know, so nothing heals my frustration faster than just good old acceptance, you know, and that was actually something I also had to learn how to feel for myself. Because there were tons of people that, you know, described to me, you know, unconditional love, um, in this case, agape, that's kind of, that's like pure acceptance, you know? You know, when you're just in that state and I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. No, not really. You know, because at the time I didn't really feel it for myself, you know? So for me, whenever the dead end comes up, And whatever I am feeling, you know, super frustrated or just, you know, and for me, when I feel frustrated, I'm just not myself, you know, because it's blocking my creative energy. So the dead end, for instance, that's actually for me, whenever the dead end is there, it's very orange, you know. So in a nutshell, orange, um, if there were one word to describe orange, it would be like creativity, you know. So and that's perfect for the dead end, you know, because the dead end, again, it's it does tell you you've met a wall, but it is giving you the opportunity to get creative and to do something different. And that's what I really love about the dead end is that, you know, it's not, they aren't always what you think that they are at a first glance, you know? So you would think, so the dead end, again, the dead end in its shadow is an extremely frustrating card, you know? So, and this makes sense. This was a very shadowy dream, you know, when I was really, really frustrated in these three different scenes in these dreams. um, Yeah, it wasn't all light and love up in there. It was very, very shadowy. And that also, you know, goes really well with the full moon. And I feel like I'm always paying attention to, you know, the more shadowy aspects of myself. There should be an episode, most likely, depending on what I choose to record. But um like usually what comes up during the full moon is a lot about shadow, you know, because the the moon is big and it's bright in the sky. And so it's illuminating everything. And so it casts, you know, if you were to kind of go outside during the full moon and, you know, just be in its amazing beauty and it's just whole, it's just so bright and vibrant. If you look behind you, there's probably like a shadow, you know, behind you, you know. So the full moon brings out a lot you know, and just in terms of shadows. And so a lot of these, I would say a lot of these archetypes, like the dead end, for example, that would definitely be in its shadow expression in the dream, but you have the opportunity to heal it and bring it into its lightest expression. And so, you know, the dead end, using the dead end as an opportunity to become, you know, more creative, you know, to take, you know, any one of those tunnels, and just to see what's on the other side, that's the lightest expression of the dead end. So with agape, we have the one. 
And the one for me is also a very grounding energy, you know, feeling connected to our universal family. You know, it's the card of non-duality. And so this card is in the place in the aura, which tells me how to receive the most love, you know, within the dream. And the reason the one is really special to me is because it's it's one of those again, it's any download that has come from the one has just it made this is and this is where the one and agape come together. It's this felt experience of being connected to everybody around you, you know? So this would speak more, I guess, to the people um, in the dream, which again, were my family, you know? So I was just getting really, really frustrated, you know, back to back to back, at least from what I can remember from the dream, you know, with each member of my immediate family, you know? So I feel like you know, like people like your second cousins, you know, you don't really get really frustrated with unless you're really close, you know, with like your extended family. But this was all my immediate family, which I feel like is worth mentioning. So the one in this dream is, I mean, within the context of the dream, it's very, it sends a very simple message, which is to say that, you know, within the dream, if there are certain people that are kind of triggering this feeling of immense frustration, you know, they're still your family, you know, and they're just highlighting, you know, something within you that you just need to pay attention to, you know, and that's how, and you, and for me, I really, going back to agape, I can feel the love behind that. So even though it can be incredibly frustrating, you know, um, even taking this out of the dream, you know, it's still applicable there. And that's what I love about this. So the one with, you know, in connecting to how I might feel frustrated outside of the dream world, outside of the dream state is pointing out to me, you know, whatever it is, if you are feeling frustrated, that's an opportunity for you to be really creative. You know, again, it's like usually the color orange to not only get really, really creative, but then to ground back in love. You know, for me, creativity and, you know, feeling love are very, very connected because when I'm, you know, being when and by the way, creativity, there's so much conversation, so much dialogue surrounding this. It could be anything, you know. So cliche, but I used to think that, you know, creativity was like, oh, I can draw or oh, I can paint or whatever. No, there's so many different ways to do. It. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that you know that by now. Um, if not, I definitely invite you to explore your own creativity because that's it's just changed my entire life. But um, again, going back to the one, the one sends the message of if you ever experience the dead end archetype and it's in your aura and it's in, you know, with relation to someone else, it's there. Someone else, something else doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be a person. It's just because there were people in the dream that I'm using people as an example you know, they're there to show you just a different way. And it could be a different way with respect to anything, you know, a different way of living, you know, a different way of opening up, a different way of loving, you know? So that's why uh, that was like the message I received earlier as I was talking, you know, the dead end and agape, the dead end and agape is, you know, showing you, you know, a bunch of different ways to love and a bunch of different ways to interact, you know? And then the dead end and the one, you know, it's the one is, you know, different members of this, you know, this universal family are going to trigger the dead end. You know, it's going to be in the aura, 
But what they're also doing is they're pushing you into a deeper experience of your creativity. And that's not necessarily, again, not necessarily writing or painting. When I say creativity, I mean your relationship with creation, you know, and the uh, the creator is actually in this aura. I guess we could hop over there. I was like, uh, I don't want to I don't know what I was. I don't know what I was going to say. Okay. I was like, I don't want to jump all over the place, but I honestly, I just kind of followed the movement. Um, so the creator, yeah, the creator and the crone, but we'll start with the creator. So I talked about the dead end agape and the one, you know, whether it's in the dream state or, you know, in this reality where we are together sharing space here, Different dimensions, different members of this universal family will, you know, sometimes trigger the, you know, the dead end and it'll teach you, you know, different ways to be creative. And the reason I love that the creator is also here in this aura is because the creator is the card of not only your, not only your inner creator as in like, let me paint something or I feel like I'm just like not being so nice to painting or something. Um, let me make a collage or what are other ways to be, you know, artistic, um, making like pottery. I don't know, you know, um, let me sketch this, you know, there is that aspect of the creator, you know, and that's like the third dimensional creativity, you know, having your own creative practice. But so the creator speaks to creativity in a third dimensional sense. And then, um, this would be like the creator and agape, um, co-creation, you know, so there are a couple of things going on here. You know, if you've hit a dead end, it could be saying, you know, you've hit a dead end. You need to be creative and, you know, open up new doorways, open up new pathways and portals for yourself and realize that they're all around you for the taking. You know, they're all around you. They're all open to you. You know, all you need to do is be receptive. And so it's also, you know, those four together is there's like a beautiful story here of different members of this, you know, family that we are all a part of. And, you know, now that I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, that is to say that I find it interesting that in all three of those dreams, it was all family members, you know? So there is this, you know, layer of, you know, I mean, I could, you could, you know, leave it at, you know, just the members of my family, the members of my immediate family, you know, the people that I know, the people that I'm really comfortable with. Those are the people that are going to open up these new pathways, you know, these more, these doorways to, you know, love deeper, go into deeper service, be more creative, et cetera, et cetera. And the one, the one challenges you to open up your definition of family. So, that's why I say this universal family a lot, because while it was my immediate family in the dream, I mean, I don't not we're all human. You know, none of us can deny that there is, you know, a special intimacy, you know, with our family, you know, in a third dimensional sense. But the one and agape is pointing out to me here that through the felt experience of love and connectedness on a non-dualistic, on a source spirit, God level, you can really expand your definition of what family is, you know, in a multidimensional sense, you know, and that's where the creator comes in and invites you to be creative, you know? So it doesn't have to be, you know, let's just branch out, you know, one step at a time. You know, now it's not just 
your immediate family that you can have that loving experience with. It's like your friends, you know, friends that you wouldn't consider family. Because again, I have, fa- I do have friends that I do have friends. I have friends um, that I 100% consider my family, you know, and I could never see them any other way. You know, we're so close, you know, and I feel like we all have like at least one friend that's kind of like that, not our blood. Um, and you know what, this, um, this might be a little, not personal to me, but there is like a third dimensional story behind this. Both of my parents and my sister, what am I talking about? So the people in these dreams that I was getting frustrated with, they were both my, I only have three immediate family members, my parents and my sister, you know, all three of them are leading examples of how your friends can be your family. And it doesn't have to be, you know, just your blood that you consider family. You know, my sister, I deeply admire her just because she has some of the strongest friendships that I know. You know, I don't, I don't know how she does it. Well, I do know because she's so amazing and I love her so much, but she is just like the queen of, you know, making those really, really strong bonds and those really, you know, long lasting friendships. And that's something that I've always looked up to her, you know, because she's able to do that. You know, I've met her friends, you know, um, they came to visit us all the way from Vancouver. And that was really, really cool. And, you know, when I met them, I was like, wow, they're like a little, like cute little family, you know, together. And, you know, those are like her sisters, you know? And of course, you know, it's not quite the same because I've known her all her life. She's known me most of mine. I'm the older one. Um, But that love is very much alive and it's very much there. And same, you know, with both of my parents, you know, both of my parents have, you know, friends from all walks of life that literally I feel like are my family. You know, my dad, um, my dad and my mom, they, uh, they share these friends, but there's one family in particular um, that I can think of right now that I 100% consider my family. You know, they they were amazing there. Uh, and this, oh, you know what? This is actually, this goes really well with the lover here. So I'm going to dip into that card. Um, but the lover, the lover is the archetype of generosity and just being, and generosity and gratitude is what's coming through for the lover right now. And this is a perfect example. So we have um, these, what do you call it? Like family friends, you know, again, friend, family that's like uh, friends that are not blood related to you, but you consider on a family level. Um, they are the most amazing people. You know, I didn't really know them as well because we live on the East Coast and they live on the West Coast. So we didn't necessarily, I didn't grow up with them in the same way that, you know, I've grown up with some family friends on the East Coast and I grew I was able to, you know, spend more time with them. So that's what makes this even more amazing is the fact that, you know, I didn't really spend much physical time with them. And what's beautiful about agape is that it transcends space and time. You know, love is one thing that is independent of space and time, right? Um, Those amazing, amazing people, I didn't, like I said, I didn't really know them too well. Um, But there was one summer it was in between, um, I was in college. Yeah, there was one summer in college. Um, they live around uh, San Francisco, so Bay Area. And I got an internship out there and I, I needed a place to stay. And they, without question, I stayed with them, you know, the entire summer. And they treated me, you know, just, I was their family, you know, from the jump. And it wasn't... Um, 
you know, it took me some getting used to because like I said, I didn't really know them. I didn't know their personalities, you know, and that's where, you know, getting lost in third dimensional details can do us such a disservice. And that's why the agape is so important because I could have gotten lost in the details of, you know, I don't really know them that well. You know, they don't really know me that well. They just like scooped me up and took me in and I was so comfortable around them, you know, and it's very, I mean, even to this day, I can't even describe how thankful I am, you know, very much the lover energy, you know, for that experience. You know, I've lived with them twice, you know, and every single time I just I felt like their family. You know, I didn't feel like I was like a guest, like kind of, you know, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? You know, when you visit people and you're like, I'm a guest in this house. And then, I mean, I was a guest, but I wasn't, you know, at the same time. And they were so incredibly open, so incredibly loving, just unbelievably generous in all of the ways that you could possibly imagine. Um, They were absolutely incredible. And so that is like, that's like one of my favorite examples of how we can really, you know, expand upon our definition of family because I'm not blood related to them. You know, they are my parents' friends. I didn't know them super well on a personality, third dimensional basis. They didn't know me super well, but they treated me like family from the very beginning, all the way up until the very end, you know? So I really appreciated that, you know, even in the days when it was like, I mean, my mom and my dad, like, oh my gosh, I love them, but they're not like, they're not super easy on me. And then you know, they aren't super easy on their children. They weren't like crazy easy on me either. You know, you know, when I was like staying there, they were like my parents, you know, not my parents, but they were like my parents, you know, and I respected them as such, you know. So there's a lot, you know, in this. I really love that added layer, you know, in this within the context of this dream in just expanding what it is that we consider to be family. And I feel like the more we can do, just the more we can do that, the more connected we are, period, you know? And the more we can be open to the love underneath. So taking that a step further, you know, because we can, you know, continue to branch out here a little bit. So we have your blood family, you know, we have like your immediate blood family. And then there's like friends that feel like family. And then there's people that you just don't even know yet. And that's what the one the, the one as the archetype kind of gets at. Oh, the one and the lover. That's such a beautiful combination. So the lover, again, is being present. The lover is presence, generosity, gratitude, and it's connected to agape as well. But the lover and the one, the message there is, you know, being aware of just the amount of love. Okay, so the, the lover and agape is being aware of the amount of love that surrounds you. And then the lover and the one is being aware of, you know, all of the members of your family, of your universal family that surround you. So it doesn't just it doesn't stop at your immediate family, which was in my dream, Um, your even your family friends, you know, going like one. I'm like doing something weird with my hands here, just like kind of just imagine them like expanding and moving outward. You know, it doesn't stop with your blood family, doesn't stop with your family, friends. You have the opportunity, you know, with a little bit of help from the creator to really expand, you know, your definition of family. And the reason I really enjoy that message with respect to the the overall feeling of, you know, frustration and the dead end is that, you know, it was very easy for me to recognize in the dream, you know, if I'm really frustrated with my parents or my sister, 
they're there to push me, you know, to push me deeper into a deeper experience of love, into a deeper experience of creativity, into a deeper experience of presence. But again, that's what everyone's here to do, you know? Everybody can do that if you're open to it. And if you expand, you know, whom it is that you can share that loving space with, you know, so it's not just, again, about the people that immediately surround you. It's everyone everywhere, you know, so if some person like cuts you off in traffic, this is like a really dumb example of not dumb, but like not um, (laughs) very, very simple example of the dead end, very silly example, you know, they can also you know, bring you that love too, you know, if you're open to it and you just need to be open to it is that's literally all that you need to do. And that's where the lover comes in again, because the lover, the lover, especially with agape, you know, right next to it in the aura is the card. And you know what? Also the dead end, you know, really just opening up to all of the love that is available to you, you know, and the lover and the dead end, you know, being present with all of you know, once you've hit the dead end, again, extremely frustrating. You got to redirect, you know. But again, the lover with the dead end really brings out the light expression of the dead end, you know, life's beginning, that there are so many opportunities around you, you know. And that's what, you know, everybody's here to do is to show you that there are so many different opportunities around you for love and for presence. So, I really love those four together, but I kind of brushed over the creator a little bit. And that's a really important card, too, because like I said, the dead end, it's a very orange card. So it's a very like creative card and not just again, not just creativity in the third dimensional sense, but also in the, you know, overall your overall relationship. And this is where agape kind of dips in there as well your overall relationship with love, creation, source, God, spirit, et cetera. That's what the creator points to as well, you know, is paying attention to your creative, your co-creative relationship with, you know, whatever it is that you believe, even if it's just yourself, even if it's just the love within you, great, you know, however you want to describe it. But the creator and the one, all of the, I mean, the creator and the one is such a dynamic duo there, you know, because that's, really the energy of understanding that you are always co-creating in every single moment with your entire, again, universal family, you know, and that goes for, you know, people. Um, and it, it, you know what it really boils down to? It boils down to what you think has consciousness. You know, I believe that there's consciousness in everything, you know, where there is energy, there is consciousness. So, Um, And this world is made of energy. So everything has consciousness. You know, it's really cool. So even my lamp, you know, I'm pretty sure I could talk to it or communicate with it. I don't know. You know, again, another silly example. It was just like right in front of me. Um, But yeah, that goes. um, So on a in a more like uh, serious way, um, the creator and the one. Yeah. So it's the energy of you are co-creating with everything around you in this present moment. And again, the lover opens up your heart to be more aware of, you know, what it is that you can possibly co-create with. So plants, animals, you know, very much in the, um, it's outside of, so not just people, you know, I mean, and it depends on the lover. I feel like the lover, the dead end and agape, um, the lover, dead end, agape, and the one, plus the creator, those five archetypes in the aura, 
that really helps you to expand, again, your sense of creativity and what it is that you can co-create with. So some people are like, they understand like people right away, you know, um, or again, starting inside with that, you know, your tight knit, you know, blood family. I'm co-creating with my family. Um, that's very easy to understand, you know, and that's like a really good place to start, you know, because our family, um, our blood, you know, immediate family, it's very easy to see how if we feel frustrated around our family, um, you know, it's like Halloween time, um, it's going to be Thanksgiving and then Christmas. I don't know about you. I'm really, you know, I'm really always like a little bit jealous. Like I have a hint of jealousy for people that can just experience the holidays without a hitch of some sort. Um, but maybe there's frustration in all families on some level, even if it's deciding, you know, I don't know what kind of turkey you want for Thanksgiving. In my family, we usually, you know, with if I'm spending it with my mom, we do like Jamaican dishes. So um, like we sometimes don't even get a turkey. All right, whatever. So um, if, you know, there might be some frustration on like some level somewhere. All of that to say is, you know, thinking about the intense energy surrounding the holidays. You know, some people can easily be frustrated. I heard this funny, funny, I don't even know who said it. So I just, I feel bad. I can't even credit them. But when I heard it, they didn't come up with it. Um, But there's like this saying that if like, if you think you're enlightened, go home and spend like Thanksgiving with your family and then come back and like, are you, you know? Uh, I always thought that was very, very funny to me, you know, because family, um, immediate blood family has that natural talent for, you know, just triggering us in all of the ways because they are who we have probably spent the most time with, you know, up until this point. Um, But all of that to say is that, you know, there is a beautiful cycle here of, you know, and like all five of these archetypes are really, really beautiful in that they invite you to really just open up your experience of co-creation in general. And, you know, really, you know, call into question, you know, what, what does that look like for you to create a deeper experience of love and unity? You know, so if you believe that you are co-creating with, you know, every single being, every single life form on the planet, seen and unseen, you know, that just expands the power of the lover, you know? Again, the lover is challenging us to be, present, you know, with all of the senses, you know, it's kind of like, it's like a beautiful card to probably like meditate with or something like that. You know, that energy of just being aware of everything that surrounds you. So the lover and the creator together is just being aware, the lover, the creator, and the one being aware that everything around you is constantly available in a co-creative sense, you know, that you are co-creating with everything in this moment you know the lover is like a big like pay attention to what is in this present moment card you know and I have this um meditation that I like to do where I just name the different dimensions of you know what's in the moment and what I am co-creating with you know what is bringing me love in the moment that's very much like a lover um bringing a lover energy into meditation and that just for me uh speaking of the lover and agape you know, when there was there was so much conversation surrounding like a gratitude practice and like incorporating that into your life, 
And like, you know, that very classic, like, okay, you know, at the end of every day, like name three things that you're grateful for. That didn't feel genuine to me. This did, you know, just sitting, you know, usually outside and just naming, you know, what exactly what it is, you know, naming every in a very creator like way, naming every single being available to me that I can, you know, possibly learn from, possibly open up to receive love from that was, you know, what really, really helped me to kind of get into that lover energy of gratitude. And all right, so those five, I really love those. Um, All right, so let's also do the castle because the castle really, you know what, the castle and the underworld really, you know, tie into everything that I'm talking about here. So with the dead end, agape, the one, the lover and the creator, And, you know, my dream overall, just including the members of my family, you know, what we've established here is we can, there's so much, there are infinite possibilities. So the dead end is very much like an infinite possibilities card. You know, I described like six different tunnels. Okay. That's why I said at the beginning that this metaphorical cave is infinite because there are infinite tunnels, infinite caverns, infinite little, you know, mini caves that you can like go discover you know, the dead end is the card of infinite possibilities. So there's infinite possibilities to love um, agape. There's infinite possibilities to create, you know, there are infinite dimensions within our universal family, the one, and there are infinite ways, you know, to feel love and to connect to love in the moment, the lover. And the castle, I should have known this. I mean, I did know it, but I just didn't talk about it. The castle is always pops up whenever it is that it's time to kind of redefine the word i usually use creation especially since the creators in the spread but like manifestation you know so that that's what this card is the castle in any mix means you know really pay attention to you know what you define just some sort of redefinition needs to occur you know with respect to manifestation or abundance, or kind of power sometimes. So um, it really depends on the flavor and the energies and the rest of the aura, but that is making a lot of sense here. So the lover, the lover is a really powerful card. And so in my practice, the, when I, and I write about this, so um, this, I was like, I don't want to, I was like, I don't want to explain, like, um, go too, too deep into that. But the lover in my practice represents power. That's all that you need to know. And it represents power in that all everything that you could possibly need is available to you in the present moment. And that's what I was kind of talking about earlier with the example of the meditation and naming the different dimensions available to you in the moment. When you kind of you go through all of the obvious dimensions that are available to you and then you dip into the ones that you can't see it's like you're learning just just how abundant that this world is. And it's been really, really helpful to me when I've just gotten so, you know, in my head and I'm just, it. it's kind of like I've closed off my heart a little bit. So a little bit of like agape, you know, because agape, unconditional love, um, agape and the lover, there's infinite love to tap into, you know, in any given moment. And so I love agape, the lover, and the castle. And then I'll wrap it up with the rest of them. 
But let's start with Agape, the lover, and the castle. Because the Agape and the lo- Agape and the lover bring out a different, you know, they all bring out different dimensions of each other, but it brings out a different flavor of the castle. So again, the castle, you know, really calls you to redefine, you know, manifestation, you know, how it is that we create the agape and the lover. Since they are cards that are just, they're so loving, they're so open, vulnerable, present. What that's telling me about the castle is that and I've talked about this in four, but not before, but not in, you know, not in not in a super deep way. I haven't really, you know, taken it there, you know, in the way that I've wanted to. So the reason I don't use the word manifestation a lot, you know, in my practice. Well, number one, I just prefer creation in general, because, again, with the creator, the creator implies, you know, a third dimensional creative practice and then co-creation. You know, and that just makes more sense to me, you know, to use creation to kind of bring those two, you know, parallels together, you know. So I just like the word better. Um, but also manifestation just has so many. It's one of those words kind of like spiritual that has so many different definitions already attached to it. And I, I just like the freedom again, the freedom of being creative and like, you know, doing whatever I want and like playing around with words. That's very much the crone energy for me. Um, oh, the crone. Oh, I didn't even, I was like, huh. Um, the crone, the crone is embracing, um, embracing duality in a very different way. And the one is non-duality. So I'll get, you know, to that one in a second. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's the only reason I, there are no like bad words. There are just words that are sometimes so loaded, like the word spiritual. It's so loaded at this point that, you know, I, I like to be very, very intentional with my words, you know? So, and sometimes deprogramming a word, I'm like, oh, I don't know. But anytime like the castle comes up, it's like, all right, we need to redefine, you know, what X, Y, Z. So this brings out, so manifestation in a very uh, classic sense from what I know is, you know, it always, you know what it is? It seems to be tied to this energy of what can I get? You know, what can I, and not a bad thing, but it's very much like a, what can I call in sort of energy? And the way that I've seen it, you know, used, you know, in the present or in the past is like, it's like a little bit, it's weird because I, I honestly see, you know, if I were to redefine manifestation for myself, it's a very receptive energy, you know? And I feel like, I feel, you know, I don't know. Because I, I feel like it can be taken either way. You know what I mean? As a very like active, like what can I get sort of energy. But that might be, yeah, okay. So you know what? Rather than explaining or, <laughs> that never works. Rather than trying to explain, you know, what I think other people think it means. The castle, agape, and the lover are you know, telling me to kind of redefine just to say, you know, what I believe it means, you know? So just take a moment and toss out, you know, whatever it is that you believe, um, not what you believe, sorry, whatever it is other people have told you, you know, manifestation is in general. Um, Yeah, toss that out the window and then we're going to come to our own conclusions together. So for me, you know, seeing agape and the lover in conjunction with the castle 
To me, manifestation is a really, if I were to redefine it for myself, it would be kind of the divine feminine aspect of creation. So um, going a little, shifting a little bit over to the creator. So for me, co-creation has two sides to it. It has a divine masculine and the divine feminine. All right. And this, this actually ties into a lot about how I interpret the aura. You know, the aura is a reflection. It is a mapping of, you know, your co-creative experience, you know? So it's showing you, you know, how you can receive love and how you can give love, receiving love being the divine feminine and giving love being the divine masculine. So there's manifestation in terms with respect to agape and the lover. If it were in like a divine feminine sense, it would be, you know, being like, what if manifestation wasn't necessarily about adding and it was more about just being present with what's already around? You know, that's the castle and the lover at work, you know? So, and then especially with agape, you know? So agape kind of adds that extra oomph there just in terms of, you know, what if manifestation weren't necessarily about, you know, what can I, again, add in, you know, what, you know, can I call in? And it was just about noticing what's already around, you know? So that's like, that's my first point is that I don't necessarily think that's what I meant about like, you know, typically manifestation being a very, it seemed a little bit more active because it's bringing in energy. And the way I see manifestation is, you know, paying attention to what's already around, you know, what's already there. And that ties really well into the lover with respect to power, because to me, Power, power is synonymous with unconditional love. You know, unconditional love is what empowers us and what, you know, gives us, you know, all of the strength, everything that we need, you know? So the lover and agape is saying, like, those two are a beautiful combination in that, you know, every single moment is there's unconditional love and there's all of the power that you could possibly need, you know? There's all of the abundance that you could possibly need. There's all of the love that you could ever possibly imagine. You just need to be present enough to be aware of the fact that it's already there, you know? So I really love all of those cards together. And then again, the castle, I like the castle with um, also in combination to with the one because that's like the universal family card in this sense just because, again, it points to, you know, you can always, especially with the one and the lover and agape, <laughs> just making that going all the way back down there, all the way down that train, um, that trail. But what that, that's another flavor of the castle and redefining manifestation to realize that, you know, the more that you expand your sense of, you know, what family is and that this world is a universal family, you're always receiving love from them in every moment, the lover and agape a little bit too, you know? And so, you know, there's, there's just so much, you know, about co-creation and, you know, what that really means in general. And again, like I, even at the very beginning, I said this, you know, these are all things I very much feel, you know? So, if none of this, if you're like all of this sound, even if you were like all of this sounds great, you know, 
Um, it's something that needs to be experienced for yourself before you can really, really understand it. Or at least that's my standpoint, you know? Some people, when they hear things too, you know, if that's like your thing, they hear it for themselves and then they just know, you know? Um, but whatever that means to you, whatever is, you know, genuine and authentic to you, you know, just always keep that and then toss away the rest. And then we have, um, so I said I was going to talk about this, the one and the crone. So the one, you know, the one is the archetype of unity. It's one love. It's, you know, one world, um, non-duality, you know. And then the crone is very interesting in the sense that the crone, it, I like these two together because it's balancing non-duality and duality together. And that's really, really important with respect to everything that we just talked about, you know, with co-creating with all dimensions of life, you know? So non-duality is the practice of understanding that, you know, we all, we all create one another, you know, we are not separate from one another, you know, that's non-duality. And then the crone brings a very interesting flavor to that. So the crone actually honors, you know, all duality, you know, so it's still, it's not non-duality, but it honors, you know, everything, all experiences of life. So the crone is the last archetype in the maiden mother crone trifecta. And so the crone, you know, it's, the crone is the archetype of, uh -huh, you know what, I've been around the block. All right. I've seen everything, you know, it's, it's very, that old, you know, wise woman energy, you know, very clairvoyant, very wise, very timeless, has that kind of wisdom just because the crone at this point, as the last in that uh, in that trio, it's been everywhere, it's seen everything, and it's just, it's so loving and accepting. You know, it the crone is one of those, it doesn't get lost in notions of, you know, this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is bad. It doesn't get swept up in the duality. It embraces it all. And it holds space for all forms of duality. It embraces duality. And that's a really, that's a really, really important thing to embrace and to understand too. You know, the one is beautiful in understanding that, you know, none of us are separate from one another. You know, we all create one another. Um, you know, we are, we are all born from love. So the one in agape, you know, we all come from the same source. Um, that's also agape. Agape is, again, unconditional love, God's source. So we all come from God. We all come from source. We are all um, born from the universe, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so you need to, it's like, you need to understand that. That's like, you need, to, it's like, you need to, there's a very, there's a lot of like liminal medicine here. So the liminal is, um, it's just the in-between, you know? So, and it's, the crone has this ability. Um, it's not necessarily a very liminal card, but, um, that kind of, it's that kind of, um, container energy. You know, so you need to be able in terms of everything, in terms of everything I'm saying about, you know, co-creation in general, you need to hold space for the not the experience of non-duality and duality at the same time. And agape as unconditional love that empowers you to do that agape and the lover, you know, together again, there are a lot of dynamic duos in here, but there's, um, this is a very interesting one. So agape and the lover, 
is an invitation to hold space for not only, you know, the non-dualistic experience of, you know, unity, unity consciousness, you know, we're all here to elevate one another, all of that good stuff. And then the crone also just, the crone is honoring the inherent duality in the human experience, you know? So the one, the one in this, so the one is actually like a, it, the one is also a very grounded, it's a very red card. So the one and agape um, are very grounding, very, very red energies, you know? Um, the one brings you down to earth and grounds you in this idea that, again, you know, it, it grounds you in unity. And I really, really love that about the one. Where there is non-duality, you know what it is? What's so interesting about this is... Okay, non-duality is the opposite of duality. Those two are also in separate, you know? So that's, um, it's like, it, don't think about it too much. You know, this, like, these are a lot of, um, these are a lot of heavy hitters, you know, in terms of just energy-wise. So the energies of non-duality, duality, unconditional love, presence, a lot of heavy hitting energies there. Um but just play around with this because I'm not going to over explain it. Agape, unconditional love, allows you to hold space for the non-dualistic and the dualistic experience of basically, you know, being, you know, having love, having, oh, my voice. <laughs> okay, having love, um, having the universe, having God, having creation within you. That's the non-dualistic experience and then the crone is the very dualistic human experience. So those four together, you know, agape and the love is saying that the moment, your present moment and being aware of it is a strong enough container for you to be aware of the non-dualistic and the dualistic experience that you are having right now. You know, so the non-dualistic experience of understanding and being grounded in that, you know, we are all one, you know, the one. And then there's also the experience of, you know, I interact with my family. So that's duality, you know, just even using that kind of language, you know, um, and like that otherness, um, that's duality. And you need to bring them both together. And that supports an amazing form of the creator and uh, the castle manifestation and co-creation. So it's very, it's just so amazing to me how all of that, can come from a dream, you know? And um, we, ha we have one more card. I kind of said that as if I was like wrapping up or something like that. Um, but that is not the case. We are not done. But it is amazing to see, you know, how so many messages about just how we interact, you know, with one another. I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but it's always so amazing to see, you know, because we started this entire reading off of a feeling. You know, and again, that's what I love about, you know, the timing of everything because we are, you know, it's like the blue moon, it's the full moon. And our journey started with the dead end and, you know, the dead end plus this combination of frustration. That to me, I like that the dead end. Okay, so frustration as an emotion, it's kind of like, uh, again, all of those, I guess, quote unquote, shadowy emotions, those are like triggers, right? So I, I think that was actually one of, 
that doesn't, again, that doesn't surprise me just because one of my first, when I first really, you know, started to understand the one, it was through the understanding that, and it's like a very, very basic concept. This is where I kind of dip my toes in. Um, just the concept of if you're feeling triggered by something, it's meant to teach you something. So that's the dead end in the one, you know, that was like one of my, that's how I first really understood, you know, that was my first understanding of co-creation. So the last card, the last archetype in the aura is the underworld. Um, so the underworld goes, actually goes really, really well with the crone and the one and actually everything I was just talking about. So it, it, fit, it fits in really, really well. So the debt, again, frustration in general, you know, going back to emotions, there are certain emotions that are just, they're more triggering than others. So, and they're more shadowy, you know, being illuminated by the full moon. So frustration, anger, you know, just being upset or sadness, you know, all of those kind of like, shadowy emotions. And so what's interesting about that with respect to the underworld and everything that we just talked about, again, those seem, you know, we're not this dream. I mean, there are dreams and I'm sure I'll talk about them another time where it's like, you're so happy or you're really, really in love. And those are just different kinds of dreams. You know, there, there's so many different kinds of dreams that you can play around with and you can explore. There's so many emotions that pop up in certain dreams. And so the underworld fits in really, really well with the energy of this full moon, especially around, you know, Halloween um, and everything like that to say, just to point out that, you know, again, frustration, anger, you know, being upset, sadness, you know, it seems like all of those energies kind of belong in the underworld. You know, that's where all the shadows are. You know, that's like, that's the realm of kind of like nightmares. If you have like a nightmarish dream, I rarely ever, I don't have like nightmares, but this dream, just in terms of the intensity and the shadows that came through, that's like the closest to a nightmare that I've gotten in years. You know, it's not necessarily, it, it wasn't scary. It just felt so intense in a shadowy way that this is like a perfect example of the underworld. You know, the underworld is the realm of like, again, nightmare, like nightmares, you know, facing like fear, you know, fearful energy. Fear would also be another one of those, you know, underworld energies to experience in a dream. But where again, where there is the underworld, there is agape, you know, there is love, too. And so agape and the lover. They like those three together, uh, the underworld as well shows us that there is so much love within the underworld. And I think that's like a perfect place to kind of wrap up, you know, um, just in terms of, you know, look at everything that, you know, came through today, you know, this dream, you know, or you know what, you know, I felt it in this dream, but just even thinking back, you know, think back to any time that you were angry, you were upset, you were really, really frustrated. You were just not feeling like yourself. Um, or you were experiencing one of those shadowy emotions, you know, fear, you know, all of those emotions that come from the underworld and then look at what came from it, you know, we transformed, you know, frustration, you know, again, a very frustrating, I was going to say a very frustrating emotion. Well, yeah, 
um, a very shadowy emotion into an opportunity with the dead end, an opportunity to, you know, do something creative, you know, kind of find a different way of moving about the world. You know, we healed it with love. We healed it with love and acceptance, you know, through agape. We learned a lot about unity and, you know, the relationship with duality and non-duality and holding space for both, you know, which is something that I feel like I can go deeper into on a different episode just because that requires, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more time than what I'm giving it now, a little bit more space, let's say. Um, But being the container for both of those experiences, you know, really redefining, you know, manifestation and creation, you know, what does it mean to be really receptive? What does it mean to be really open to love and being open to the love everywhere, you know? And even that with respect to the dream in general, you know, I talked a lot about, you know, the universal family in terms of like people. And then I dipped in and, you know, gave examples like you can do plant, like you co-create with your plants, um, your plants, um, plants like trees, you know, in the forest, you know, animals, you know, maybe have like a pet if you want to start there. I've never had any pets. So um, mom's allergic. All right. So just all my life. So I just never had any. So I didn't grow up with them. All right. Uh, long story short, you know, all forms of life. And then what's interesting about this is the um, it's not I did kind of touch upon this before. Um, it's not just the visible spectrum of life that is a part of this family. It's the invisible spectrum, you know? So that's where dreams come in too, you know? Through connecting with this dream, I was able to touch upon all of these concepts, you know? And it came out in a very, very special way. You know, I've thought I've received all of these downloads before. Um, I've never talked about them though. You know, so this dream was a beautiful catalyst to bring all of these concepts together, you know, and the leading, especially in this full moon, you know, I love that the underworld tied everything together to realize that there is beauty everywhere, even in the places that you least expect it, you know, so even in frustrating, you know, dreams where there's a lot of fear and there can be a lot of tension, there's love there too, you know. And so there is an opportunity to evolve, you know, your creativity, your relationship with creation in general, um, which also dips into the castle a little bit, you know, um, paying attention to not just, you know, the underworld just calls you to pay attention to, you know, things that you wouldn't necessarily normally pay attention to. Again, the energy of the full moon, you know, illuminating the shadows, you know, so there's so much that you can pay attention to, right? Um, within the seen and unseen realms. But in particular, on this full moon, you know, we're being invited to just pay more attention to the shadowy aspects of our life, seen and unseen, you know? And again, this dream is a beautiful example of that, you know? If I wasn't like if I I mean, I knew all of this, but it didn't it's never come together in this space, you know, in this way through an aura reading before, you know, and I wouldn't be able to share it with you if I wasn't paying attention. So the underworld, you know, there's a lot of love, you know, to be learned in just to be gleaned from dreams like this. Um, And it doesn't again, the underworld includes it's seen and unseen, you know, so you know, I'm learning about this through my dream. You can learn, again, 
just like through, you know, people, you know, you know, how you share space with people. It doesn't, there's so many different manifestations, so many different forms of the underworld that there's like infinite ways in which you can learn. But it just, I find it very, very powerful that this is all coming up, you know, around a full moon, you know, to really, really, you know, pay attention to that and just, you know, all of, all of the cards that surround the underworld, you know, they're not, they're not very shadowy cards, are they? They're not very scary cards. Again, all of the cards have a light and shadow aspect, but the dead end, again, new beginnings, agape, unconditional love, you know, the one, unity consciousness, the lover, you know, oh, you know what? There, that's an interesting aspect of the lover I didn't talk about. And that goes really, really well with the underworld. So yes, the lover is, you know, presence, um, it is generosity, it is gratitude, it is, you know, finding the power in the love in the moment. There's one last the dimension of the lover that I want to talk about, and it is, it's kind of tied into the mirror a little bit. So the lover, I love the lover, but the lover also is a call to understand that, you know, whatever it is, and this is how it really ties into power here, whatever it is that you see outside of yourself, um, whatever it is that you love or that you are, you know, receiving love from, it's an invitation for you to fall in love with yourself even deeper. And here's why. So let's just say, you know, you're sitting, um, in a field somewhere. I'm like, I'm thinking of somewhere specific, but I'm trying to keep it general. Let's just say you're sitting in like a garden or something. And you know, there are a bunch of flowers. I feel like this is like a very classic example of lover energy, but you're sitting amongst all of the beautiful flowers and you're like, wow, look at their beauty, you know, look at their, you know, exquisiteness, uh, not a word. Um, um, look at, you know, how enchanting they are. You know, they're just amazing. You know, the lover is saying, that's a mirror, you know, into yourself, you know, look at the way in which, you know, you're really able to appreciate the flowers, look at the way in which you're really able to open up, you know, all of that love is within you, you know, it's like the card of you bring the love, you bring the magic, you bring the power by opening up to love. And then it's like a back and forth sort of thing. So the more you open up to love, the more you realize that you have the love to give and you bring the love, you know, into the present moment. And I love that in conjunction with the underworld because it gives you that power, that courage, that confidence to face, you know, the different realms of the underworld and not being afraid, you know? So I could have, you know, for with just personal example, I could have, you know, experienced this dream and been like, ah, you know, like kind of like freaked out, you know, like I wonder what does that mean, you know, and just not give it the opportunity, you know, the power, again, the lover, the power is within me to bring, you know, agape, to bring unconditional love wherever I go, you know? I could have written off this dream and been like, well, that was really unpleasant. I don't want to look into that and just like not pay attention. But that's not, it doesn't, that's not like what this full moon seems to be about, you know? It's more about like, you know, I am the lover, I bring the love, I bring the power, so I can look at anything and not be afraid, you know, and I can find not only that, but I can find the love within everything. I can find, you know, the creativity, the new doorways within everything. I can find, you know, unity, unity, consciousness within everything, 
You know, I can find different ways to be creative and different ways to co-create within everything. You know, I can find different ways to embrace and hold space for, you know, the experience of duality and non-duality within everything. I can find the unconditional love within everything. That's the power of the lover. And that's the power, you know, that we are going to be bringing as we continue during, you know, around, especially around the time of this full moon um, and probably many full moons to come, you know, illuminating, you know, bringing this love um, to illuminate the different shadows in the underworld, just see them exactly for what they are and, you know, set them free with love because that's an important part of the underworld too. You know, everything that's in the underworld the underworld is a space that it's just an opportunity to love. That's it. You know, every shadow that's in there, every frustrating dream, you know, every frustrating experience we might have with our family or, you know, we might have with other people that we just don't know yet, but are a part of our universal family. Um, every single trigger, every single shadow, you know, every single, you know, fear, that's all within the underworld. And all it's waiting for you to do, you know, with agape is love it. And that's it. That's all that you need to do. You know, that is like the, um, with respect to agape and the full moon, you know, the full moon is like in just within this metaphor, you know, it can shine light on those shadows. And then again, agape is just your opportunity to love them and to just bring them out of the underworld, you know, let the energy of the full moon make them, you know, give them a space to be seen, to be heard, and then you can just love them free and then they don't have to live in the underworld anymore. So I really love that. That's a beautiful way, I believe, to close out. Um, the, like I said, the dream is just an example. You know, the dream is like, it's just one way. You know, there are so many triggers, you know, within the underworld. And, you know, to bring it back to the very beginning, those triggers, you know, they're meant to show you just, again, new doorways, new pathways, new portals, new gateways. You know, they, all of these triggers that belong in the underworld, seen and unseen, they are part of your family. And so the more, again, you can expand your definition of what family is, you know, multidimensional, this multidimensional quantum family, you know, all of the seen and unseen realms the more opportunities you present for love, the more opportunities you present for gratitude, generosity, presence, and to create, you know, and to hold space, you know, for all aspects of existence. So we're going to end there and we are going to go out the same way that we came in. You know, we're going to take a couple of deep breaths. Um, just say thank you. Thank you to, you know, if you called in any guides or you were, or you're working with like your ancestors or you're, you know, just holding space with yourself, you know, all of the seen and unseen entities, we just want to say thank you, you know, so I just take the time to say thank you to all of my guides, you know, allies, spirit babies, you know, whatever it is that, you know, brought us this wisdom. I say thank you. And then we can say goodbye. Okay, perfect. So as always, if you need more time, just pause. But you know that um, this was beautiful. I really, I really, really love, you know, looking at dreams. There's so much wisdom, you know, there. Again, it's amazing to me how you can take such a specific dream and then, you know, bring out 
a message that is applicable to so many different areas of life. And, you know, the archetypes really do facilitate that exploration and, you know, just cultivate that beautiful space. So I'm really excited that we got to share that together. That was very, very, that was just so much fun to, you know, take a look, you know, at a different kind of aura. Um, I close out this way, you know, if you could rate, review, subscribe, that would mean so much that it means so much that we were able to share this space together, but that would be very, very helpful. Um, just in terms of the realm of podcasting. And with that, I will leave you happy full moon. Um, this is around Halloween. So happy Halloween, um, stay safe and I will talk to you soon. 